0: Well, I guess just uh, exposit, what are your raw thoughts? What's what's on the top of your head going on about this?
1: Well, I don't know. I don't know. Like, going into it, I had this in my head of, like, from the base first draft you ever, like, gave me of the book. It was Mm -hmm. like a paperback back when you gave it to me. But I I remember I had read to, like, 90 or 100 or something at one point. So I, I kind of, like... Knew how the beginning was going to go, but it was slightly different, mm-hmm. I think, from when you had originally written it. So I had like expectations going into it, which I mean is never a good thing because it's just like you get in your own head and you're like almost trying to talk yourself out of it. Of course, you know. Yeah. So I'm like sitting there, like, I've already read this, so get through the character development. So I can actually like find out what the book's about, but then I don't know. I guess the part that really, <laughs> that really like made me start like avidly just being like, yeah, I gotta listen to a few chapters, <laughs> was when she fucking loses it on, <laughs> on the girl at her school. Oh, my God, dude! Oh, that's I was like, All right, well this is taking a dark turn. I was, like, <laughs> like mixing chicken at work, listening to it, I was like, All right, well,
0: <laughs> dragging her face through
1: glass. Blast. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, the girl's like fucking crying for her mother and shit. And she's just like, yeah, me too. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> this, this is savage. And as soon as as soon as the teacher came, I was like, he's fucked. Yep. Poor <laughs> he's, he's, he's dead. Hey, but it's, it's fine. It's fine. He
0: deserves it. Yeah. I mean, cheating's never good. Not even just cheating, dude. He's a diddler. He's a he's a he's a child diddler. Did it say that in the book? I think Alice alluded to it. I know I confirmed it in book two. I, okay, g- I gave I, was say I, alluded, I gave more detail. Like yeah, he uh he touched his kids. He's trying to get with his students. He's a complete fucking weirdo freak. So we got lucky with that one. Okay,
1: all right, yeah, because I don't think it came out outright and says it in this one. I think she like says amongst
0: other things or something yeah. like really vague. Yeah. Uh, I um, it's hard to keep track of all of it like where I put the canon details cuz I I slide those things in across like the canonical 2000 pages I have of the whole story so I forget right. sometimes where they are. Do you want oh, yeah. me to like restrain on certain spoilers or do you want to try to answer that story because it's going to be a while before you can actually consume it in the same format? How do you want me to go um, about spoiler stuff?
1: I don't know i i feel like even if you were to like explain things to me i feel like by the time you ended up you know doing anything like audiobook or me getting around to like you know getting through the material i feel Mm -hmm. like it would still be fresh in my mind
0: at the time yeah so you have like again like you said expectation you know where it's going but the journey of how it's getting there and the interaction is what makes it what it is correct yeah like Because, like, someone
1: could tell me about a movie a hundred times, and then I could watch the movie and have a completely different experience than from what they told me. Yeah,
0: like, I I mean, classic example, you go in learning about fucking Darth Vader's Luke's father, and then you go and you watch, you know, the prequel trilogy and whatnot, and you're like, oh, I know where all this shit's going. Exactly. But it's still good to get there. Yeah. That's why I I have the uh, canonical reading order as book one and then transgression, the prequel, which is her dad and mom's story, because, like... You don't want to be reading transgression the first time because that will, like, destroy the mystery and intrigue of that whole plot line by the time you get to mm-hmm. book one. Right. So Exactly. It's such a – that whole thing with lust, like, there's so many holdovers from the original draft that I just kind of wrote without reason just because it was cool that I had to then mm-hmm. make a reason for later on. And, oh, okay. Uh, I got gotcha. you. Dude, the original shit was so – I wouldn't even say nonsensical, but, like – there was just no depth to it, cause the the whole like corridors and the hallways and like the stone like where she's walking around inside that chamber, like being lost mm-hmm. in the darkness, shit. Like that's all. Those are the catacombs of her own mind. Like as they said in the book, like she's awoken as her own soul inside mm-hmm. of herself. She's like trapped. Um, kind of and- how I
1: picture. I pictured it kind of like. A Tem, like, walking yeah, through yeah. the Millennium
0: Puzzle. That's funny you say because I was just watching Yu-Gi-Oh! And I'm looking at it like, did I get, like, subconsciously inspired by this? Kind of pictured as, like, a almost like a psychic prison. Yeah, exactly. But the way it's, w- the way she's woken up in it, um, I, I, I'm trying to remember, she had the the coin in her pocket, correct? And Lust had the coin?
1: Yeah, because she didn't yeah. think she had the coin in her pocket. Yep. And she was like, I swear to God it wasn't there. And then Alice was like, it has to be. And she, I think it was in her back pocket.
0: Yeah. uh, Because I remember originally when I wrote all that she woke and she had only a single match and a small pocket knife inside and it was like a little bit less spiritual it was more physical that she was transported to this like in between dimension thing and she had to survive in there and try to figure out what the hell is going on separated from Alice but then I Mm -hmm. had to obviously rework into the current narrative and those little coins were uh, uh, little relics that were planted on her that allowed lust with the other holder of the coin to overlap their little, um, overlap their souls together so she could be in there. But what was not okay. expected, because that was planned by Chrism. It was a whole like. Right, right, yeah. I, I kind of got that she
1: had, it was kind of like almost like Donzo working behind the scenes mm-hmm. to like kind of, you know, shift shit.
0: Well, she needed I like to, her character. Uh, Dude, Chrism is she's the current like backstory i'm working on right now i've had her backstory like set but i hadn't had it written out her con- mm-hmm. her backstory is so fucking complicated she dude she's like actually 40 something years old too oh shit yeah she's been around since god i want to say like late 70s like uh just after she's only a couple years younger than kim's dad i think if i have my timeline correct but yeah, See,
1: I pictured her kind of, I, I've definitely seen her drawings that you've done, like, of her character before. Like, I know I've seen them all, but I can't. I pictured her kind of looking like the female version of Lucifer from
0: The Devil is a Part-Timer. Oh, God, Devil is a Part-Timer. I fucking hated that show, dude. You know,
1: with, like, the wings, the hoodie, the,
0: yeah, the like,
1: yeah. Um, almost like, you played uh, Borderlands 3, right?
0: I played, like, the first five hours of it.
1: I kind of like the same haircut as the Tyreen Calypso. It was like a, like the sides of her like, head were shaved, but, like, it was long, and it was, like, kind of flipped to one side. Yeah, yeah. That's how I was, like, picturing her while, I was, while she was, like, in the scenes.
0: Did you ever which, – which is what's cool about – you know, books and stories like that is you get the details, but you make your own designs mm-hmm. based off of them. Did you ever go back to look at any of the drawings for reference so you could, you know, fully get an idea of what they looked like? I didn't know. I didn't know. I couldn't remember where to f- exactly find them. Oh, okay. That's, yeah, that's all right. Um, I can always send you them too. I fi- like.
1: Yeah, I, f- I figured that if I if I just asked you to see the pictures, you could just send them all to me. Yeah, and her eyes was like cl- it, so... I guess, yeah, that was that's one of my questions because I I was kind of confused about the eye thing Mm -hmm. um, where she opens it and sins like that's impossible.
0: So eventually through a whole bunch of shit that gets talked about in dogma um, creates the first anima, which is what he gives her. And that balance acts as kind of like a bridge between their souls, between uh, the divine power and her soul. Mm-hmm. And it gives her not a Tuffle, but Tuffle energy. So underneath her one eye, it, it restored that part of her body. It helped keep that part of her body uh, regenerative, and it like repaired her eye. And the Tuffle power was locked in the eye. So that's why when okay. she opened so that's it, why she
1: was able to take him out was when the yeah. eye opened. Yeah,
0: she drained all of her Council power to weaken his like barrier almost and matched him in strength and then was able to use her anima power to kill him all right so
1: um yeah so i remember how i told you that i fell asleep during the epilogue the other night yes um i i re-listened to it like just a little bit ago when you told me three o'clock just so it was fresh in my mind because i knew i was going to have questions about it oh yeah for sure and I know I I definitely remember you talking about Magro before. Dude, and Macro um, is like
0: everyone's favorite character. It's Dylan's favorite character, it's Sam's favorite <laughs> character. You've never met you met him once technically. Yeah. And everyone's like, "I'll put no, him yeah.
1: And he's he just Who does he remind me of? Dude, he reminds me of uh, kind of like Joey Wheeler, I guess. That's <laughs> the only guy I can relate him to, is Joey, Joey Wheeler. Kind of right. like when he's like walking away, he's like, "Yeah, whatever. It's nothing." Like, yeah, yeah. You know, like he's got that, like, "Yeah, it's all right. Like everything's chill."
0: He does, he has that
1: <laughs> attitude. Yeah, yeah. He's very he's very laid back. Um, I'm assuming he's like a big part in the next books.
0: Yeah, he's a uh, him because and... from what I
1: gathered from the epilogue was that he's gonna what attempt to use his power to save Kim so that they can use her in their battle against the council members who are going to now come to earth to reclaim sin's power
0: so let's see yeah so at the end of book one when kim and tons are trying to escape the 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 landfill forest area um, and kim after the conversation with chrism there's like a small line uh, uh, paraphrasing but like where she felt like something got tugged from her and she could almost feel like she became a lot less in that moment and that's been just before she collapsed so oh, so did
1: they take her anima or whatever They it's essentially
0: called? they transferred Alice from Kim to a place called a which is where Alice, where, where Tuffle are born. When where the Tuffle are transferred to the human, it kind of leaves a pocket of energy that connects them to the ditch. So they transfer her to that pocket to kind of preserve her for a little bit, so she doesn't wither and die. The okay, so Kim coming. is Kim is dead. Kim is dead and in the ditch. Because that's where her soul is bound to go, just like all other human hosts. Okay, because I was con- I
1: was confused when they were saying that. I I don't know how I didn't pick up that they were talking about Alice. Because I remember saying that she is strong and that she's uh, you can trust her. So I thought that, I just assumed they were talking about Kim. Yeah,
0: you know, it is meant to be extremely vague. It's meant to leave you guessing on like, is Kim actually dead? Is Alice dead? Is <laughs> whatnot? And technically, yes, they're both dead, but Alice is preserved. Which is uh the beginning plot point for book two. Um okay. but, yeah, but yeah, now that Chrism killed Sin, she obviously all of his power was restored back in her. But without Sin being the uh the one to maintain his power in the Nexus gate, it was returned to him and thus filtered to Chrism. So Chrism has a hundred percent of Sin's power. And she is now like full fledged counsel. That's why when I mean, she she was able to unfold her wings, but she revealed that the wings were tattered and torn and destroyed because the power doesn't accept her. Because okay,
1: yeah, because that that was the next scene I was going to ask you about because yeah. it was like, she was like whimpering almost and being like it doesn't accept me, and then her wings went back into her body, and then there was like blood exploding everywhere.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So,
1: does like what happens since the power doesn't accept her?
0: Well, the since the council energy is. Um... It's 50-50 pure good and pure evil for complete and total harmony. However, and it was slowly destroying him. And that is from an ancient entity called Mundi Comedenti, and we're not even going to get into that because that's a whole fucking thing. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like a whole thing. That all gets explored in book two, but it's like... (laughs) So, yeah, it goes deep. And (laughs) the reason why um, the power doesn't accept... Chrism is because while it does still contain that Mundi influence, the pure side of the council power is so wrought with the filth and the bloodstain of all the innocent souls that Chrism has murdered over her lifespan. Um, She's killed so many innocent people, so many children and just desecrated so many human souls that that has forever stained her own still living human soul inside of her that the power is like unable to, to find that compatibility, because the pure side is so tormented by the screaming thousands of souls that she's murdered, while the other side is thriving off of it, so she is just in complete chaos. Ah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I honestly I didn't ex. I
1: mean I don't know why I didn't expect it because you've been writing for so long, but I just I guess I had I really underestimated the size of the world that you have built
0: lore. <laughs> yeah like dude it all just stems from my like God. I need to find an answer for this well that's gonna be a whole another book <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it Drink sucks tarp. I really wanna write another book it sucks alright why not <laughs> it's so stressful but it all but it's great because it all comes together just you being like for lack of a better term impressed by it is all the motivation I need to keep doing it because I feel so good about it and I'm glad that you can find that satisfaction and like there's a lot more to it that's cool you know dude
1: no 100 percent. like one of my favorite parts about you know anything that has like lore or anything is just i love that's why i love like dark souls and destiny so much is because yeah. the lore just is so deep like there's just always more yeah you're and you're always finding a weapon that description you're led to believe is always like not what it seems you know and like i don't know i'm a big fan of twists
0: and, like, that's that's one of my favorite things about book one is while you're, like, struggling to get through, like, you know, all the descriptions, and which I totally get. I, I struggle with it myself, and I constantly think about, like, how can I shorten the first 140 pages to make it more easily consumable? But it's like I'm sacrificing all of that world building because even if it doesn't seem relevant, there are so many details that say you would learn on a second read-through. Like no, one hundred percent. You can't <clears> cut
1: <throat> anything out. Like now that I've it's read it, I wouldn't want it to have less. It's because... hard. It's
0: so long, and it's such a turnoff for people looking at a four hundred page novel. They're like, "Do I really want to read this?" Um, is it really four hundred pages? Yeah, it's like three hundred ninety six pages. Uh, three ninety five. That dude, that's some <laughs> book two that's is a fucking three hundred eighty six. <laughs> Book 2 is like 380. Transgression the prequel is like I think about 300 pages as well. So much information,
1: dude. And it's yeah. I mean, how long did it take you to actually like write and finish? Like when did you when did you know that you like the story, I guess like cuz I will say one thing, like the book, like the story as a whole was great. And like everything, but I feel like I feel like Kim's story came to a close faster than I had anticipated. Mm -hmm. I thought that, when I was like when I was reading through it, first off, like I said, the scene where she just like basically ripped Stacy a new one in the hallways was the first turning point where I was like, all right, so this isn't because I originally had thought that it was going to be about like Kim getting this demon inside her. And then she was going to like most of the book would be about her struggling to just like live her already struggle filled life with added struggles. Yep. I, I I figured like like something bad would happen to her dad. I didn't think she would actually kill him. Yeah, she just that, curbs Thompson. <laughs> yeah, that really fucking yeah. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, dude. But there's but, a lot of death in this. I, but it, it just became this like where she like embraced it for a second, realized how real it was, didn't want it but then came to, like, almost find a way to make it work for both of them. Because whereas she, like, wasn't out, like, killing people, the other Tuffle that she, like, killed, um, like, she gained all the power of the humans that they killed too, right?
0: Yeah, so when the Tuffle kill, they gain a small amount of that human's essence based on the bond that the two share. So if a Tuffle just kills a random person that they don't know, they're only gaining minimal um, energy and power from it. But if they kill a family member, a best friend, a lover... Or someone that they hate, whatever their emotional bond is with that person, they can steal more of that human's essence from them. That's why Kim had that whole introspection with the essence of her dad in that little mini sequence because she absorbed so much that it actually created like a small – not like reality. That that wasn't her dad, but it was so much of him because there were so many complicated emotions that it almost resided another version of him within her. So it's based all around the emotional bond of who they kill, and then when you kill another Tuffle, you don't you're not really going to notice all of the human essence that they took because it it had already been assimilated into the Tuffle's anima. So you're they're gaining basically just all that raw anima power, mm-hmm. which is obviously amplified by who they killed.
1: Yeah, that's another thing, dude. That was a very interesting twist early on. Was finding out. I mean, I guess you didn't find out early on, but I knew I, I, I fucking knew that it was going to roll back to it at some point because it was like it was a detail that I really held on to as I made my way through the story. It was like, all right, how did Kim's dad exactly know about the toughness in sin? Because he when he when he was like, you know, choking the shit out of her and he was like, if he can't have you. I was like, OK, so he's definitely referring to sin. Yep. Then I was just, like, racking my brain. I didn't even think it had anything to do with the mom. And then when it rolled all the way back around, he was like, yeah, well, he basically made the deal so that he could have love, and you you weren't even really wanted.
0: Yeah, nobody wanted you. Sorry, Kim. Yeah. I mean, her mother had a profound actual love for Kim. Um,
1: Yeah, but, like, it's just, I guess it was... I guess what I'm saying is to find out that the deal that the dad had made since it was broken is why Kim basically got that power inside her, right?
0: Yeah. So when the deal was made and as soon as Kim was born, she was essentially um, attached via like a little string to the ditch and which was just – and that was the first that had ever been done. Sin didn't know – all of the Tufel – were experiments so he didn't know how anything would affect anything so he wasn't even aware of kim's internal power um but she had been essentially absorbing tiny traces of the ditch power just raw tuffle power from the ditch since she was a baby again there's like the little details the tuffle give off like just by being in their presence to normal humans they give off like radiating nausea they can cause you to hear voices. They can give you nightmares just by being near them. So when Kim was younger and after her mom died, when all those emotions came out, that Tufl energy inside of her started to radiate because it was feeding off of her negative emotions, which is why people started to turn against her and she got so angry at other people and why uh, she like basically became so alone because whenever she was around people, there was just hostility because they were being triggered by the Tufl energy radiating, radiating off from inside of her. And also which made her home life with her dad that much more complicated because he knew that there he didn't know about that, but he knew that he she's a bastard child. Her energy's right. giving off, making him more irritated. He could only drink to escape all the the guilt and the emotions that he was feeling, which only fed that the trauma at home.
1: Yeah, it was like a fucking it was like a an engine for the whole thing. It exactly. like just kept fueling it though, like her
0: whole life. And that's why Chrism when the with the whole lust situation um allowed them to overlap and allowed Chrism to get so personal. That's why she basically chained up Alice because she wanted to see the limits of that power that Kim was harboring, so she wanted to mm-hmm. see if Kim could actually draw upon it to save herself if not, then she would have allowed Kim to die because right. she needs somebody strong but um, wow, No, I was gonna, gonna say see? I was to say the greatest part about all that is in the first versions of the book, Chrism never existed, she was never even a piece. I went through. And at one point just looked at, like, the ending of the original, I think the original 200 pages or 180 pages. And I deleted Mm -hmm. almost 100 pages, just flat out Control-Select-Delete 100 pages, and just rewrote the ending, adding charisma into the story. And when I did that, it, it like, (laughs) made everything else work somehow.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like her character kind of balances – you kind of cover every base with her as a character for like roles that they're, you know, expected in the kind of like world that you have, like you have to have a character that's like feared amongst all of the demons, Mm -hmm. but you know, has some ulterior motive that no one knows about until you know about it. Like, you know, like right there in that moment. And then you realize that, you know, you're all of a sudden sort of an ally with like the most powerful, being other than
0: sin yeah but you don't know why you don't know what her <laughs> exactly. motivations are so are you a tool or are you a, or are you an ally kind of right
1: thing. which is like i guess it leads
0: to that whole thing with the
1: ring that they uh she gives them yeah. and how like kim is like all for wearing it because she just wants to like be normal and not hunted for a while but like alice is like ah, i don't know about this
0: yeah and there's again there's a whole lot of stuff behind that too which is the reason why <clears throat> alice is more complacent with kim's desires is because when alice was being developed in the ditch chrism was diddling her fingers in there and basically maneuvering away the most hostile fragmented human souls away from alice's mouth while when alice was still in fetal form with other tiffle in the pool at the time they feed off of the pieces of humans that get dumped in there that have already made deals so as they're making deals pieces of their soul get shaved off and are destined for the ditch until they're Mm -hmm. entirely gone then the tiffle takes over like a parasite And while they're in the ditch, they feed off of that negativity, growing themselves until they're ready to be plucked and given to somebody else. Chrism was basically, you know, maneuvering away the most rotten pieces of human souls. Cultivating her. She was cultivating her and allowing her to be more susceptible to humanity when she was given to Kim. But that would in turn make her weaker, which is something that she needed to test and see. But like, right. the raw strength doesn't matter when when the will of them working together is what can overcome the, you know, that obstacle. And it was and is what mm-hmm. would draw sin's interest. I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm just like over
1: complimenting. No, no. But no, you, you, know, you could never over compliment me. Yeah. I mean, there's just there were just like like there were a handful of scenes where the description, like the descriptiveness and the setting was just like on point. Mm-hmm. and like you know like not that the rest of it wasn't but like there were definitely like a select few scenes to set set aside from the rest of the book where sure. i could like actually picture like what was happening like i felt like i was visualizing it which made it easier to immerse myself and um, uh, also having claire, visuals are the
0: best and having claire be able to describe it with that emotion can also yeah. be, like it's just more building blocks for you
1: right yeah exactly and the scene where sin is like basically at the mercy of chrism and she's about to just end him and he's like freaking out because he has no idea like why mm-hmm. and and like there's I mean she, like I feel like she like sort of like tells him but I feel like in the amount of time that passed like when he realized that he was like done, like done for and the time that he was done for like I was just trying to imagine like her plan, Crimson's plan from the very beginning, like like you were just explaining, like in the ditch with Alice, like meddling. And from that point all the way to the point where she actually kills Sin reminded me of how like flawlessly Palpatine's plan worked to exterminate the Jedi in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like the whole time, like like there were hints... You know, that it was Palpatine and so, like, you know, there was like one character who flat out comes out and says like, you know, the Senate's being run by the Sith Lord. and Nobody believes him, you know? Yeah, yeah. but And like his plan like couldn't have gone any more perfectly. And then by the time like the Jedi realized it, like all they could do was die.
0: Yeah, all they could do is accept it and just reflect yeah. for that brief moment of we should Like should've. their hubris was just shoved into their mouth and
1: suffocated them. Like mm. there was there was no coming back, you know? And that's, I mean, and Star Wars is my favorite fucking you know movie series of all time. And so. to
0: be compared to Star Wars of all things is such an honor. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> that's great. That's what that's that's what I felt like. And know it, it was it was very it was nice to know that I was wrong. No, oh, okay. I guess you know, like, because I'm super. It takes so much to get me to to do something like that. It's an invest. Like, read a book or. It is, and it's like I felt bad, but like it wasn't. It wasn't that I didn't want to. It was that it was never personal or anything. It's just yeah, it's not your medium, right? And I I knew I would eventually do it, and
0: the audiobook just made it so much easier. I'm really glad to hear that because it cost me twelve hundred fucking dollars.
1: No, yeah, I
0: feel horrible. All it took was me to pay twelve hundred (laughs) dollars in uh, ten months of my life for you to finally get around to it, but we did. (laughs)
1: I know, I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's fine because it's fun.
0: I loved making it anyway. It was it was a blast.
1: No, yeah. And dude, honestly, I was like at work and I was like telling, I was like talking to Tony and Dan and I was like,
0: I was like, yeah, I'm reading
1: Chris's book finally. And they were like, oh, I was like, they were like, when did he write it? I was like, almost a decade ago. And they were like, wow, you're a shitty friend. And I was like, it's not that I'm a shitty friend, bro. I was like, he understands. I was like, but I was like, but I do think that I should definitely read it. And they were like, yeah. So I started reading it and then they were like, oh, how's the book read. I was like, honestly, dude, it's nowhere near as boring as I thought. <laughs> like I said, I had I had pre-expectations of shitty writing. That that of shitty writing yeah. that failed me miserably. Which is also why <laughs> I'm not good.
0: upset that it took so long because if you had read it in the earlier times before I had worked out so many of the details, then it would have sucked because I would have like wanted you to reread it to to get the new details that are building the other plots and yeah. so it's it's like it all works out in that way. As as annoyed well, as I got it, the, sometimes you know, it's I would have had it any well, other way.
1: The original one, the original draft that I had like got and I read through, the writing seemed like the sentences were just kind of like very matter of fact. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I Kim exactly woke up and about. walked down the hall. Period. And exactly like it was like about. very short and hard to draw in, but like you can obviously tell the difference now <laughs>
0: which sucks too because some people like that some people like that dictating just a scene from a from like a bird's eye view kind of perspective instead of getting into the gritty the details of it you know some mm-hmm. people won't read a book because you describe because you spent two paragraphs describing them getting out of bed and then going to school where some people just want two sentences saying waking up was hard this morning but by the time I got to the bus I had sunk into my own skin and I felt yada yada but it's like No, dude, Mm -hmm. that ain't me. I want you to be in the scene. You are, you're reading the book as I, me, my, not Kim, they, her. You're reading it in her presence. I want you to be Kim in that moment, you know?
1: And that's kind of how I perceived it throughout the whole thing, too. It definitely helped, like, reading it and feeling like I was in a first-person perspective. Yeah,
0: which is honestly for me it's the easiest to write in that perspective uh, I find it because I think in transgression it's from a narrative standpoint you're describing you're following her dad Alex but everything is saying he Alex and whatnot it's not from his perspective but it's his story so that's that's a bit it's it's like the mainline books uh the first uh two uh, and children of faust and then the sequel cataclysm you are in a i me my perspective because those are the mm-hmm. mainline stories and i i want to uh, double back something before i forget um how you were saying you felt like kim's story got wrapped up a lot earlier and then we got into all this other meta stuff that was going on and it felt i guess
1: yeah before you asked that what i meant by that just if there is any confusion is that I guess I like, as I was doing this, I picked since I didn't know what the other books were about. I figured that the fight with sin wasn't going to have, I thought lust was going to be like, like the big baddie in this. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, kind of came out of nowhere, took her by surprise and just sort of wrecking her shit. Yep. I was like, okay. I remember her being mentioned and how she's like super feared and she's like a con and, <laughs> oh, and is. uh sorry, I don't know. Is it okay to say that? Yeah, I don't care. Okay.
0: No, you're good. Say whatever you want. Uh, um,
1: I guess I just I didn't th- I didn't think that the sin fight was gonna I mean it took a couple chapters but. I I thought it would be like drawn out more I guess or not even happen in the book when it actually when she was actually confronted by sin I was like oh shit like we're doing this and then like and and it was a cool fight I pictured it just like an insane like anime fight the whole time (laughs) Dude, there there are craters just just, like trees rocks exploding yeah fucking (laughs) it's high (laughs) you know what and and whenever he would like uh, extend the like spike from his body like the arm thing oh yeah listen I'm I'm gonna say right now
0: that's just a Imagine Slenderman because Sin was originally Slender Man. Okay, moving on.
1: Yep. No, <laughs> I know. I I pictured him like looking like Slenderman, but like the tentacle things. I pictured that scene in the final Harry Potter where Voldemort is in the bell oh, tower yeah. and the he shadow movies, ribbons, like, yeah. Shadow ribbons are fucking everywhere. For yeah, sure. It was sick. Um but yeah.
0: But uh what I was going on with that was um you were kind of right to feel like the story wasn't Kim's at a point like we dealt with her story at the beginning because her her biggest trial was getting over the family issues learning that there was depth behind it and that's where she shifts her and focus she did yeah and that's then that she shifts her focus <clears throat> to like oh Sin's a motherfucker I got to figure out what's going on with him and kick his ass but there's also chrism <clears throat> other Tuffle that are here like Kim, at points, that she wanted to run away. She wanted to be away from all this, keep Tonsu safe. But the second that she dealt with Destro and he, like, invaded her brain and was like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I know of that girl. She's like, nobody is safe. And who knows what kind of power these Tuffle have and how desperate they are to – because they're obviously all freaks. Um, right. So she was kind of, like, locked down at Tonsu's house to protect her, to protect them. And she – couldn't obviously let any of them know. But um the story itself, this book is Kim's book, but the story is Chrism's story, essentially.
1: That's that's what I figured. Yeah. I was like, okay, so Kim is kind of like a vessel introduced to carry the heavy part of the character building in the world yeah like she fully is the main character
0: we follow her and we're supposed to empathize and be with her and feel for her but she is not the main character of the universe she's the main character of the story even though she is the most integral part of the story because she's the one that worked out because chrism Chrism had been trying all this time to get somebody like kim she had been you know, messing with Tuffle, approaching Tuffle and being like, "Yo, you want to help me kill our dad or what?" And they're like, "Nah, son." They <laughs> would kill each other. Dylan's here, apparently. You? Ju- I've been in here for like three minutes. Not, I said hello, gamers. I didn't hear that at all, and I don't oh, have Discord man. on my screen. What the fuck? Um, he's really loud too for some reason. Yeah, I dropped for me. I dropped you down, Jake, to 100, and I dropped down to 91%. So I'm gonna drop Dylan.
1: So, do you wanna ask me your questions?
0: Oh sure. Um. They're all pretty pretty standard questions like I we already went over what lingering questions do you have like uh, Mm -hmm. what else what like yeah. Um, Next one is who who is your favorite and least favorite characters and why. I think my least favorite character
1: was Brent because (laughs) I just pictured him looking like Hunter Jensen. (laughs) You know what you're right. (laughs) And that's pretty (laughs) pretty close. I was like, "Yep, that's fucking Hunter Jensen, circa 2009," and I'm all good. Actually, I have a draw <laughs> I, I did a drawing of Brent
0: too. Let me see if I can oh, find it. Perfect. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> um, and then, who's your uh, favorite character? Uh,
1: I think my favorite character is probably Tonsu's mom. Akari? Really? Really? Yeah. I don't know. I just there was just something. She just seemed kind of like a very because I guess in. I related to the character just in the sense where she didn't really seem to be biased or have any like specific beliefs that she would like throw down anybody's throat like she was pretty open and I don't know multi-perspective she had like a, I guess a lot of multi-perspectiveness yeah. because of like the trauma that I mean she endured because of her husband and
0: like, that but... and her occupation as a private tu- uh, tutor and teacher so exactly. she like, has she's, that. All, she's she's a
1: teacher and like in real life like I I, the thing that I love the most is learning things, and I don't know. I guess I just have a lot of respect for people who genuinely want to pass knowledge on to people for the better, mm-hmm. and not just because they're getting paid for it. Like she seemed like generally just like a
0: you know good shit. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. She's my favorite. Nice. That's unexpected, but actually pretty cool. It's humbling. Yeah. I sent you the picture of Brent, by the way. Yep, and
1: you yeah. know what? I pictured him without the chin strap and a backwards hat with like a like a super mouth breather. He would
0: totally wear a backwards hat. And uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. With like like that tuff of hair coming through the hole in the front. <laughs> yeah, the little, the flat unicorn. Yep, exactly. Nice. Uh, Dylan, <laughs> since you're here, who's your favorite and least favorite? Oh, fuck, dog. I'm over here getting Tarkov shit. Maybe Alice or Tonsu. I like, I, I love Kim. I don't know, but maybe one of them. Kim's complicated. That's her whole thing. It's like you love her, but at the same time, she does some shit and you're like, Uh, She's got a lot of shit going on. I feel like she contradicted herself a lot. She did because she was so – well. once she got Alice and once she realized how strong she was, she became really arrogant at times because she could actually exude that power. But Hmm. not only with Alice, but she – that Alice's power was subconsciously confirmed conflicting with kim's power that was already inside that had been a part of her which actually that's uh real briefly that's something i want to mention as well i don't know if you ever caught those lines of kim always saying that uh her dad used to mention that she had imaginary friends up to a point and that she was i did yeah and those i remember that were she was seeing ghosts and hearing voices of people from the ditch of dead children from the ditch because she was linked to it but i that's what i figured yeah. yeah so she had i did put that together all of that psychology built in from such a young age and then to have alice come in and you know conflict it and then you know their emotions are constantly bashing against each other and then to have this secret emotion which to then have that also kind of pulling some strings yeah kim would contradict herself because she was in, stuck in a vortex of conflicting emotions Uh-oh. um
1: one other question i yeah. did have that I keep forgetting about and remembering when we're talking about something else is uh how much time passes from the beginning of the book to where um they have their encounter with sin I was a little confused so how much time is supposed to have pa- is this like a month
0: so from chapter weeks? one starts on a Tuesday okay mm-hmm. chapter five um is Friday so we're for the first few chapters we're going through day-by-day events and of then, the same week. Of the same week. And then once we get to uh, more of the uh, emotional stuff and what after she meets Tonsu and whatever, we do – let's see. Because then we pick up on chapter – I'm looking at the document right now. We're, we pick up after 5 to 8, and it's Monday. So we p- bypass the weekend. All the events happen like on a Saturday and Sunday, and they'll be bypassed to the weekend. Mm-hmm. And then after those events and Kim gets the ring, you jump back into the time skip chapter – elaps. I had to do about a couple weeks. No, the time skip was like six months. Oh. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah we come back into like the beginning of the next school year because the book starts in August I believe, roughly around August and we basically jump over all of the winter season and we come back for the spring season of school.
1: How the fuck I miss that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, because uh, chapter 26 elapsed and then Kim asks uh, Alice like you know how long it's been let's see it is it's march 6th when they come back i believe or sixth. Okay. It's it's right around march when they come back because tonson's birthday is coming up and tonson's birthday is march 16th
1: okay yeah so that's wow that's like two days from now yep i'm very excited <laughs> okay, all right yeah so i guess i guess that that sums it up i i somehow just missed where it said that exact thing. those
0: scenes are usually mentioned like right at the beginning of the chapter too so because I usually I use chapters as uh time markers, points of time markers. Of. Yeah, exactly. So when you're popping into a new chapter, unless there was like a fight scene or something dramatic going on, you're usually just going mm-hmm. to be jumping the night, skipping the night, skipping a couple of days, and it mentions it right off the bat so you know, okay, this is where we are. But it can gotcha. it can be very easily forgotten. I don't I don't blame you for that at all. Yeah, that was my last one. <laughs> okay. Um, I think we've already gone over some of your uh, favorite moments, but do you have a favorite moment? Do you have a moment of anything that happened where you're like, oh, fuck yeah, it? Where you were just, oh, fuck, oh fuck, you. fuck yeah, brother. You just <laughs> fully invested. Oh, fuck yeah, bro. Eyes dilated. Um,
1: let me think. I know I did. Because at one point I was downstairs putting paper goods away at work and I was listening to it. I remember laughing and just being like, oh, shit. <laughs> I want to say it was in the fight
0: with Lust. Well, when she was dealing with Minerva or during the direct fight with Lust?
1: During the direct fight with Lust. Because, yeah, Lust was being, like, super, Dilla. like, she was, like, just being snickering she was like snickering and like making comments even though she was like starting to get her ass whooped Mm -hmm. and i feel i feel like it was just the dialogue that it was it was the reaction that kim was able to provoke from lust that made me like the scene so much okay because it reminded me of how lust in like full metal alchemist super like like almost condescendingly sexual towards everybody in the entire show you know like oh, yeah. calm like oh yeah but then like when she finally like met her match she just became this like insane bitch <laughs> yeah that's kind of like how i was picturing the scene okay. and i really liked full metal alchemist so i was already kind of like invested in lust as a character
0: Cause i haven't seen full metal alchemist in so long and honestly like the re like i feel so weird because I've I've wanted to change uh, Lust's name for so long. She does that's not her real name. That's her nickname. <clears throat> um, no, I know. But like cuz that was it's Lucy, right? Lucy was the host, the human that she had before. Her Lust Tuffle name is Leumic, L-Y-U-M-I-C-K. Leumic. Okay. And Lust is just a nickname that she took because um (laughs) lucy's backstory uh this is this is just to be real brief lucy uh, this is another book (laughs) yeah no that's (laughs) Hebaloma. and also lust is a zombie let's just say that um not even joking lucy slept with her father and leo mc thought it was fucking hilarious so she nicknamed herself lust because lucy didn't know she slept with her father because she was it she was inebriated, they were both inebriated, and she was like seventeen completely I she didn't even know her father, so she didn't know who this guy was at all and it' was, it wasn't until he introduced oh, himself okay. that she realized no, that's fuck that. my fucking dad, <laughs> and they killed him obviously later on, but well, um, yeah, obviously yeah uh that's that's the whole thing is actually a pretty short story, but um every time you say hemoglobin, I just want to say hemoglobin hemoglobin. <laughs> Hemoglobin, 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 hemoglobin (laughs) No, hebaloma is a It's a mushroom that grows from dead bodies And Oh, that's actually kind of cool Oh, it's a whole thing Like, dude (laughs) Magcro makes a tea Out of the hebaloma mushrooms And it reinvigorates Tuffle energy If you drink it Oh, shit It's pretty badass They farmed it from Lust's uh, grave Uh, Dude
1: the, literally, like in the past, how like hour that we've been talking about this, every time you say something like of new information, <laughs> it's it's intriguing. Like, my, my my head just kind of perks up. Like, wait,
0: there's more. Yeah, uh, dude, of course, there's more. So <laughs> every time it's like Ooh, piece of candy. Dude, it's I so, so it's so bad because sin sin is such an asshole because like he left. <laughs> okay. So that's actually wow. yeah, got her. That's. And Minerva's
1: story kind of makes is
0: everything's make a lot more sense. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Chris. Dylan doesn't want to talk about Minerva because she's a very sad story. It's so fucking. It's Chris has done a lot of fucked up things, nah, but the up. Minerva backstory, no, dude, it's it's pretty fucked up. I. Do you want me to talk about it, Jake, or do you want to save that for another time? It's.
1: I'll save that one for another time because that one seems like I might want to know just because of Dylan's. Adored i mean reaction. you all know, honesty, i guess it's probably not even that bad it's just for me just like it's heartbreaking it's It's pretty heartbreaking <laughs> Yeah, <probably laughs> it's pretty that. heartbreaking
0: i don't think we learned too much of it in book two i think it gets mentioned a little bit but it gets fully explored in a uh, dogma once we get back to that but isn't
1: that on the spotify playlist already
0: yes actually you can listen to dogma narrated by me unfortunately sorry that's fine. That's I, I, I
1: saw it on there. I was going to ask you what the other. Are those just like the other mini stories that you've done? Dogma.
0: That are Dogma is the individual chapters of sin's fall from the council. So we get, you get the overview of everything I explained with Mundi, Comedenti and the one. Mm-hmm. You get all of that overview. You get sin in. Uh, Nexus briefly, him falling to Earth, and then you get his entire process of creating the Tuffle. You get to go to the Underworld, you get to meet Mupas, a fucking idiotic demon or fiend that uh, was actually employed by Umbra to mislead Sin. And then you get to meet Umbra a little bit, and they're my favorite faction. Umbra are fucking awesome. And Dogma, yeah, that's nine parts? Nine parts, it's about three hours on transcri- on um fucking Spotify. Yeah.
1: Not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Well, I mean, if they're already on there, like, I'll definitely give those ones a listen if it's already recorded. Yeah,
0: yeah, go for it. What do you think will happen in book two, even though I've talked a little bit about backstory? So from the information of book one and what's in your head right now, what do you think is going to happen in book two? Considering Kim's gone and whatnot.
1: I think I would probably end up seeing – when I say seeing, I mean, like, you know, what transpires. Probably what happens to Alice – Right. And how she's somehow trained or like tested or something so that she because you said she's put in a leak, right?
0: Yeah. A section called the leak, which is a little pocket of festering tuffle energy where she was linked to be pulled from the ditch and given to uh, Kim.
1: Okay, so I'd probably see, you know, Alice's outcome and more of her story either continue or, you know, sum up. Um, and then probably learn a lot more about Chrism and probably see some badass fight scenes. I'm guessing, I'm guessing she'll, she'd be hunting down the other Tuffle dude. Let me tell you. Because she, she, she mentions it in the epilogue, and I was like, all right, that would be that'd be
0: kind of cool. Well, if Grissom <laughs> was hunting down the tuffle, can't imagine it would be that much of a challenge, though, huh?
1: No, but it'd still be, like, fun to see them get annihilated. It would. But then again, she did mention that there would be, like, factions of them that would become—I forget the word she used. I want to say it was, like, restless or pretty much that they would, like, become more of a problem if they were left alone.
0: hmm Probably desperate, if anything, because without sin and without the parameters of their whole, like, hunting each other goal, they probably, you would think, just start killing people because... Yeah, which would be a bigger problem, right, because the council, like, forbids that... Well, the council don't even know about the Tuffle. They have no idea. Right. That's what
1: I'm saying. Like, the council is probably going to end up either making an appearance, I would say, at the end of the book, and it would be, like, a third book thing or, I don't know, maybe... I don't know. I don't know what to. Do. I feel like there's so much now that, like, you've explained all of it to me. It, like, I, I almost can't even retract back to what I thought would be in book two the other day.
0: Mm-hmm. Now knowing, yeah, there's, like there's some of the stuff. A lot of directions it could certainly go. I expect there's quite a few twists. Oh, definitely. I love my twists. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're good. Thank you. They got me a few times. There's And there's definitely some fucking badass fight scenes, I'll tell you what. Dude, the fight
1: scenes were pretty good in this one. You think so?
0: <clears throat> yeah, I felt like, I don't know, I felt like I
1: could picture it, like, you know, accurately enough with the okay. descriptions. That was
0: my biggest fear, especially, like, my fear is people who don't have anime reference and, you know, high-octane combat reference, like, fighting games and whatnot, to not be able to picture what was happening, but with you having... You know, anime in your background, you could definitely picture uh, the yeah. everything going on.
1: I could just picture like the insane speeds of the characters and like, you know, the weight of the punches yeah. and the slashing and the stabbing
0: uh unrelated did you think that sin actually killed tonsu when he was drawing her out when he fucking thwacked her to the ground
1: i thought that she yeah in that moment i thought that she was gonna bleed out to death and that kim was gonna like lose it and be the one to kill sin okay i thought that she was gonna like awaken some other ungodly power from her previous one or something i didn't when chrism showed up i was like wait what <laughs> <laughs> Kim I was like, "What is happening?" Kim doesn't like, get Kim to like kill him. Dying on the ground. I was like, "What? This isn't even about Kim." I
0: guess. <laughs> nope. That <laughs> was like, "Cue the X Files sound."
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, I like that. I, yeah. I like that I was able because <laughs> since I've obviously had the story in my brain for so fucking long, I and blind a lot to how it might be interpreted by somebody somebody's first impression so you just being thrown off by chrism's appearance to me it's like yeah of course Chris's showing up because i have all that backstory in my head but for you right. it's out of fucking nowhere you have no reference besides what you have read up to this point so no, i was like
1: yeah it was like she had one encounter with her she gave him the ring and told her basically that <laughs> But she
0: didn't say hey
1: i'm gonna show up at the last second and just like do him in for you the- and then when she did i was like uh what hey yo what okay. <laughs> hey, yo, what so yeah i guess i guess to answer your previous question more than the lust scene that was the one that really i was like hold on a second yeah but did i miss something
0: what's going on here
1: yeah like why i was like i know that she wants her dead but
0: wait what okay all right i'm all about that my next question what was the most suspenseful part
1: Honestly, I thought the most suspenseful part, I th- I'm i not going to lie, was after the lust thing and she got the ring and she was home with Tonsu where she was like talking in her sleep oh, to yeah, Alice okay. or whatever. And Alice was like, no, you, you told me to, you know, kill, kill her or whatever. Yeah, And she was like, I would never say that. And then Tonsu, she, she kept like getting sick.
0: Yeah, because of the the tuple radiation,
1: basically. Right. And I was like, oh, shit, something's going to happen here. I I thought that was going to be, like, a huge turning point in the story. That was, like,
0: right there. That's a part that I I am always worried about people reading because I don't know how they're going to – which is an advantage of the audiobook because you can actually have the characters' voices doing the voices. Um, Mm -hmm. But, like, on the page, it's hard because the different voices are in italics and some of the voices are in different fonts because it's certain characters speaking. So, like, when – Kim and Alice are having that conversation, Kim is not a part of that conversation at all. It's actually the nothing inside her speaking with Alice as Kim, which is why Alice is confused but because that soul is appearing as Kim's subconscious, basically, and trying to get Alice to do something because that the nothing inside of Kim is terrified of being killed. She knows something mm-hmm. is coming. So she's trying to pretend to be Kim to get Alice to kill Tonsu because it would be the biggest power boost that they could imagine. All right, how do you feel about Kim's dad by the end of the story compared to how you felt to him at the beginning?
1: I still thought he was pathetic. Pathetic. Well, damn. All right. Damn, that's kind of harsh.
0: Nah, it's yeah, true. Well,
1: I mean, I also have a very matter-of-fact outlook on a lot of things. Yeah, okay. and Parental
0: things, for sure. Yeah, that's
1: true. Well, well, parental things and even just rolling back to, I mean... Are you like really gonna sell your fucking soul for someone to love? Not even you? your like, soul. Are you really your unborn child's well, well, soul? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, are you really gonna do that? Like, are you like to me? That is like the bottom of the bottom. I will when you start selling souls to get love.
0: I will say, from Book One's like... perspective, 100% agree. And even from Transgression's perspective, I still agree. However, that's why I wrote Transgression because the story behind all of that is a lot more compelling than what we could imagine from book one. And that's not to say it's compelling, like it's it's incredible, but the, obviously there are many, many more layers to it, which is mm-hmm. also doubling back to what you said earlier, which is I you wondered how Alex knew about tuffle and knew about Sin. Obviously in transgression, how does he even encounter Sin to begin with? You know, how did we get there? Sin would never just go to Alex to give him love for Tuffle, you know. How do those events how, how do their paths cross over, and that's what gets explored, which almost which gives him a little bit more credence to his actions, but obviously it's an unforgivable action, which is why it's called transgression.
1: Okay, kind of a random question. Yep. Now that we're talking about this, do you ever elaborate on the journalist that stops writing? Journalists, you, you know, the journalist that Kim looks up when she first encounters
0: Sin. And that's says, oh yeah, that's, that's Lucy. Okay. That was Lucy's story. Okay. It was signed as L C, which um Okay. Lucy's last name Castillo. Um okay. and that's the ghost that she sees in her driveway when she has that vision. That's Lucy warning her of lust and warning her of sin. Okay. And again, all that is exporting. Hebaloma too. Same question. How do you feel about Kim by the end of her story compared to the beginning?
1: I don't know. I mean, I feel like every kid nowadays has not a wonderful child life, so it's not hard to relate to some you know to some manner um in the beginning i was just kind of like like eh, well she takes it pretty good like i mean you know she takes it in stride and just does her thing by the end i mean i feel like she was definitely stronger in some ways and even though i think her i think The last line of the book, right, is from her lying there being, like, and everything was, like, quiet and there was nothing, and for a moment, like, everything was okay or something like that. Yeah. Which was, like, cool that she finally just had, like, a moment where she wasn't plagued with, like, insane trauma or... You know, emotion, emotions, like even though she's dying, like, I mean, it, I was I was pretty glad, I guess, for the character that she got to have,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like, at least one moment of peace where everything was where, yeah, just where it was peaceful and she didn't have to fucking like think about all that shit. But like, I mean, you made the deal for a reason. She accomplished what she wanted, I guess, by making the deal. I mean, it was really just she was just mad at her dad and Stacy, and, you know, her dad definitely fucking got it. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, and kind of Stacy fucking got it. it. Honestly, that was another thing. I was I was completely shocked that she just stayed quiet, and never t- never said anything.
0: But yeah, she saw a demon. I was like, wow, she's fucking traumatized. She fucking, she's <laughs> her face was dragged. Through. Dude, <laughs> Alice, life. Dylan, I might want well to not listen. Alice grabbed her <laughs> collarbone and snapped it outward. Yeah, like she's like, <laughs> all right, hold time out. Wait, hold on, this sucks. Time out. This uh, fine. The slushy. Don't have to pay for it. Don't worry about it. Uh, did you ever make predictions throughout the story of where it was going that came true or didn't come true? Like, as you were going early on?
1: Like I was saying earlier, I mean, I went into it. And even when she got the made the deal with Sin and got Alice, I didn't think it was... I predicted that she would, like, go to school. Like, right up until the Stacey thing. The Stacey thing was, like, the first part where my prediction was wrong. I was like, okay. I was like, this bitch came out. She apologized. She's... Like, actually, like, Kim can sense that she's not fucking where they're like, that she actually seems, like, sorry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And maybe this change in Stacy will make Kim's life at school easier. And then she bent her over a barrel <laughs> and fucking wrecked her shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, or
0: not. <laughs> Never mind. Or not. Actually, on that scene... Uh, did were you confused on like Mad Crow's appearance? Like at that point, you have no idea who that character is. So did did you think back, um, when you're introduced to him in the epilogue that he's the one who was like watching over her and shit? He just grabbed her and well, tossed her through the rift.
1: Well, he makes a comment about it in the epilogue.
0: Yeah, yeah. Same, like, when he get so, to the epilogue, where you're yeah. like, oh yeah, shit, that's right.
1: Yeah, and I'm glad that you know I I went back and listened to it a second time because. The whole time I was wondering, I was like, "All right, when is this kid going to show up?" I was like, "This, you know, he's the only one that made that like random appearance, and there was like nothing really on him." And then the epilogue happened, and I was like, "Okay, all right, so this is the guy." I was able to put that together.
0: Okay, but then Kel walked around the corner. She's like, "Ooh, what are you?" So then she's going to come back. Candy, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. Stabs his throat. (laughs) Candy. Um, yeah, dude, I was like, oh,
1: my God, I thought that maybe the teacher was going to, like, find Stacy and then, like, take her away and that Stacy would, like, end up ratting out Kim. But then she just slit his throat and I was like, oh, OK. I, I would have loved <laughs> to dead. go
0: through and have, like, a whole school involved scene. But, you know, the secrecy of the TOEFL and the repercussions of a whole student body of the school seeing something unexplainable. Would have just, it would have detracted from the stuff that I was going with the story. I would have had to like deal with that. And that would have been another like six chapters. And then yada yada, just been, it would have fucked up the flow I had going. So I had to like, I got to keep it contained, you know? That's what the DLC's for. Yeah, absolutely. That's what Headcanon's (laughs) for. Uh, All the other questions I had, we like touched on as we were generally conversing. So I, don't.
1: Yeah, think we kind of just like
0: blew up in conversation
1: about it right in the beginning. Yeah,
0: which is great. That's that's kind of what I wanted. I didn't want to have a structured like. And for question three, um, for your side.
1: Okay, <laughs> here we go. Number one. Number one. <laughs> I'm just glad that I was able to keep up. Yeah. You know, I'm glad that I I paid attention enough to understand everything like as well as I could, and have you able to clarify the things that I didn't.
0: Mm-hmm. And and I'm glad that. You didn't hit a point after you know, trudging through the slower beginning. You didn't hit a point where you lost interest or you fell off or it slowed down too much again or something to where you lost interest. I'm glad that you had the oh, momentum no, going. complete opposite. yeah, and that, that that's <laughs> I was like, all right, well, this is not what I expected. So here we go. And I'm glad that you like that affirms my uh, point that I always made to people of once it kicks off, it kicks off and you're going. So you just have to that's, get yeah, to that kickoff point. It was like point. the
1: train just started moving slowly to set the scene, and then it, it, was, like, it was like a roller coaster. That's mm-hmm. Like the whole thing was climbing, and then once, once everything was set...
0: Doing the loop-de-loop story just went, yeah. Yeah, okay. Good, I'm glad. I, I don't think I have any other questions. Do you have anything else that's popped into your head that you want to ask, mention, or...?
1: I guess I, I was kind of curious as to your thought process in general as you were writing like what what made you what what was your like initial idea for the book Uh, like how like how did it evolve
0: it's so weird because like the idea of it sounds complicated and directionless when I state it but it makes sense when you're in it it's like I, I get the same feeling that it's almost like writing music. You know, as you're making the music, the music starts to make itself, and you're just almost transcribing mm-hmm. what it's doing.
1: Yeah, you're just like structuring it. Yeah,
0: you start with that outline, and then as you're going, as you're, you know, play, as you're putting in your notes and working in your verses, they almost start to rhyme and work off themselves, and you're just kind of there as it's doing it. You're just plugging it in. It's the same thing with writing. Mm-hmm. Like as I, as I was writing at the beginning, I didn't have. I didn't have a direct, like, plot I wanted to do. Like, I wrote this at the end of my senior year when I was failing senior year. And I was just, like, I had a dream, did a drawing, and then based off the dream. And then from that drawing, I was like, ah, oh, this character's cool. I wonder what their backstory would be. So I have written down on a, a blue line piece of paper the first, like, two sentences that the book spawned from, which is just, like, Kim, age 13, um, lives at home, alcoholic father bully at school and that it's just like it's the literal premise written down and actually denny is one that told me that she was too young for the emotional maturity that she had so i i aged her up to 15 i forgot about denny yeah I, i was supposed to she was originally 13 when i wrote it and uh denny's like nah she's too young you need to that's that's far too young so i went okay gotcha um so when i was originally doing it all i really wanted was um to find a way for her to kill slender man at the beginning you know because slender man was just haunting her and she was dealing with all these weird things it started to get into like the seven deadly sins which is kind of a holdover from where lust came from at the beginning Uh lust was even kim's tuffle and she was a different character entirely until i made her her own separate character and they gave her alice and it, it went through so many restructures and changes that honestly i don't even know the original like purpose of it was it was just 40 pages of Kim being able to get the revenge on her dad because I think I was still dealing with my repressed shit with my dad at the time so getting revenge on her dad and then having to deal with the fallout of being in the wake of mistakes of now I have this demonic power it's corrupting me and then this ultra powerful demon what's his plot behind it he's a risk to everything I need to confront that kind of thing but again as it went on and I'm in the scenes and I'm starting with character dialogue. It goes back to that like I'm not writing it but the, I, the characters are speaking and I'm transcribing. It's, it's almost automated in a sense when you're, when you're fully immersed in the scene and you're just typing away. You, I don't even remember writing half the shit that I did because I didn't really write it in a sense um right but it's you had like an idea and it just kind of came yeah because as as i start to write with the idea of this character speaking the structure of how the sentence evolves changes based on who's speaking because it's a different character and i don't have to think oh how would this character react i'm just in the scene and i put the characters in the scene and they react naturally because i know the characters and the reader should at this point know the characters every time i get to the end and it's mostly just me in my own head late at night or being at work at the village kitchen me just stuck in my own head of asking myself questions that I might get asked and having to come up with an answer and then realizing that just having an answer for it isn't good enough I need to include it in the story some way or I need to have um, a separate story to flesh that out so then it became rewrite after rewrite after rewrite of I need these questions answered and then when I was trying to answer the questions I realized how full of holes, all the original story was, how I didn't think any of it through. Like, I just put characters in there for no reason besides just to be there because I thought it was cool. Mm -hmm. Or I wanted them to be in a cool set piece. So, like, when Kim's in the inner catacombs of her mind, there's actually an original scene where Kim had, like I mentioned before, she had, like, a strike match that she had. She had one strike match and a pocket knife. And she was wandering in this open-chambered room of pure pitch darkness and until she kind of wanders towards the center because she can hear skittering and voices, and she bumps into something in the middle of the room. She, like, instinctively strikes the match, and she finds the dead body of Tansu hung from the ceiling with a broken neck, and, like, her body's all ripped to shreds, and it was like a... It was a nightmare thing. It was like a messing with her, like... (laughs) this is like this is your greatest fear kind of thing this is what we're trudging out of you and we're fucking with you because then she has to run from the room because she feels a breath next to her neck and so she has to escape from the room and then she winds up in that room where she fights minerva but that's um but again that all kind of evolved into why it's just a whole bunch of why why is this happening how is this happening which would then cause me to almost tear it down to rebuild it into a new canon then everything had to be connected and that's the hardest part that's where the spider web comes from of you know having a me explaining a backstory about literally everything is because I had to have a backstory that reaches because it all has to culminate it all has to add up and make sense you know Mm -hmm. so as soon as you have questions I can't answer that's more shit I have to figure out and either write into a side story and make it work into the already printed narrative. Yeah. It's all, It's almost like going back to music, just going back and re-releasing an album. Like you release the EP, then you work on it, and then you release that as an album, and then you're like, ah, well, this is the remaster of the album, you know, five years down the line, <coughs> shit like that. All right, and that's going to do it for this podcast. First off, I want to say thank you to Jake for sitting down with me for nearly, actually over two hours and talking about the book. I cut out a lot of uh, of the interview because there was some spoiler stuff I didn't want to get into, and some little extra details about um, side stories that I that most people would not know. So I wanted to cut that stuff out so you guys wouldn't get hardcore spoiled on it. If you do want to see any more of these stories, feel free to stop by my website slash vengeance or just head on over to the related stories and you know books by this author on Amazon on the Amazon author page. And for those of you that don't know, he was able to listen through the entire audiobook for free on Spotify. There will be a playlist with the entirety of the book linked down in the description of this. And also, it is available on audiobook. It's also available on Kindle Unlimited and for purchase on paperback and hardcover on Amazon. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Bye-bye.